You're listening to Life in the A-Zone podcast. I'm Peggy Sweeney McDonald, and these are my stories of moving back to my hometown in Louisiana after 36 years to live with my father and mother when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. These lessons of love, laughter, life, and loss are gifts of living in the A-Zone, and I'm honored to share them with you. If this is your first time here, begin the journey with Episode 1 and go forward. Thank you for joining me today. My beloved mom has now graduated to hospice care. We are living with the dreaded reality of the end is near. I'm not surprised, but this sucks. Mom can no longer walk, barely eats, or talks. She has been in memory care for five months. Her decline has happened so fast. Is it because of Alzheimer's or is it because she has just given up? I know my mom would not want to live this way. My dad went to visit her with Duncan, my 17-year-old nephew, and as they were walking her down the hall to her room, her legs collapsed right under her and down she went. Hospice was called and delivered a wheelchair within hours. A wheelchair is another symbol of surrender. Mommy doesn't call me her boy anymore, and now she can't walk, Duncan told my sister Kelly that evening. He was devastated. Out of all the grandchildren, Duncan is the one who visits Mom consistently. He calls my dad, who is Big Daddy, to all the grandkids, and finds out when he's going to visit Mommy and makes plans to meet Dad at the memory care. Dad is Duncan's strength and support, and he is Dad's during those special visits. After they hit a local burger joint for lunch or dinner, it's their special grandfather-grandson bonding time. Other days, Duncan calls Dad and asks if he's around so he can come visit and go fishing in the lake. Dad will walk out to the lake and sit on the bench watching Duncan. He never catches anything, but it doesn't stop him from coming back. I think fishing is an excuse just to hang out with my dad. Poor Duncan, he never catches any fish, Dad says after Duncan leaves. That's okay, Dad. I think Duncan just really wants to hang out with you. You are lucky, as most teenagers don't want to hang with their grandparents. You're right, Dad says. You're right. This has been my dad's standard reply whenever we try to explain our thoughts to him. Your right is his statement of surrender. Maybe this is from years of mom and his four strong daughters telling him what to do. I don't remember him saying this in the past, but I hear it countless times these days, and every time I have to check myself. Am I being too controlling with my father? Controlling is a trait we all inherited from my mom. Our 62nd anniversary is in two weeks, Dad announces to me. Do you think I could take your mother out of memory care and bring her to a restaurant for a nice dinner? I want to get red roses for the table. I would appreciate it, Peggy, if you could help me dress her in a nice outfit and put some makeup on her. I could take her in the wheelchair. I would like to make it extra special as it looks like it will be our last anniversary. Dad, that is probably not a good idea, but I'll discuss it with my sisters. Before I was able to tell my sisters of Dad's plan, Shannon texted us. 
We need to do something to celebrate Mom and Dad's 62nd wedding anniversary. Dad wants to bring her to a nice dinner, but I told him that's probably not a good idea, I text back. Yes, that will not work. I think we need to celebrate at the memory care, Shannon texts back. I will check to see if we can use the community room there, Kelly texts. Let's surprise both of them. Peg, maybe you can go early and make sure Mom has a nice outfit on, Aaron texts. It's hard to believe my parents have been married for 62 years. It seems like an eternity, for better or worse, for sickness and in health. My parents are such a beautiful example of a long and loving marriage. My dad has honored his vows, even though the last years have been tough. He has been there for her during the worst years, while the disease of Alzheimer's changed her into a woman he barely recognizes. Yet his love prevails. All my dad wants to do is have one more date night, one more lovely dinner with mom to celebrate their anniversary, and it can't happen. It's heartbreaking, but inspiring. My parents met when my mother was a freshman at Southeastern University in Hammond, Louisiana. Dad was with Frank Jackson, a friend he had grown up with in New Orleans. They both had attended LSU together. Frank was dating my mother's best friend, Margaret. The girls had won a play contest at college and decided to take their winning money and go to Biloxi, Mississippi on the coast for a girls' weekend. My dad and Frank drove Frank's convertible over to Biloxi on Friday night and surprised the girls in the hotel bar for cocktails and music playing from the jukebox. Dad had way too much to drink, and my mother thought he was obnoxious. She made up a name and introduced another friend as her twin sister. My dad said, You aren't twins. And Mom said, Yeah, we are. We're fraternal twins. My mother stood up to go to the ladies' room, and Dad turned to Frank and Margaret and said, I'm going to marry her one day. When he said Mom's made-up name, they laughed and told him she had made the name up, and her real name was Sherry Marie Murphy. You lied to me, Sherry. Now you have to dance with me, Dad said to her when she returned. There's no dance floor here. We can't dance on the carpet, she exclaimed. He pulled her up anyway. She laughed at him, and they danced on the carpet between the crowded tables. My mother was leading as she was the better dancer. The next day, they all piled into the red and white Ford convertible and drove to Pensacola Beach for the day. There were seven of them in the car, and Mom sat on Dad's lap for the two-hour trip. Talk about a way to get to know someone. <laughs> They were inseparable from that day on. My dad had just accepted a sales job in Birmingham, Alabama, but every weekend he would drive back to Louisiana to meet Mom in New Orleans or in Hammond at college. One night they drove through City Park, and as they went around a circle in the middle of the park, the Fats Domino song, I'm Walkin', began playing. My dad pulled the car over to the side, cranked up the music, and they jumped out to dance in the circle. People drove around honking their horns and clapping for them. They laughed, danced, and kissed under the moonlight. Dad knew this was the woman for him. Mom was beautiful, fun, loved life, and loved him. 
It didn't hurt that her mom was an amazing Cajun cook. Soon they were engaged, and my mother quit college after her freshman year to begin planning her wedding. She was only really attending college to get her MRS degree. She started working as a clerk at an insurance firm to save for their wedding. She designed and made her wedding gown plus the flower girl's dress. They got married in June 1957 at St. Alphonsus Church in the Irish Channel of New Orleans with a reception at Lindfriends Hall. They honeymooned back at the Buena Vista Hotel in Biloxi where they had met before settling in Birmingham, Alabama, where I was born the following July. Soon they would move to Lafayette, Louisiana, then settle in Baton Rouge when I was five years old. With four daughters, four son-in-laws, and 15 grandchildren, plus three step-grandchildren, their love has been the glue that held this family together. Their love is worth celebrating. Once we secure the community room at Memory Care, we go into sister event planning mode. We order special cake, sandwiches, chicken fingers, fruit, chips, and call the piano player who sings occasionally at the assisted living unit. He agrees to come play for an hour. The party will just be our family, including the grandkids who are in Baton Rouge. We all begin gathering framed pictures of mom and dad to display at the party. Kelly frames a picture of their wedding invitation. Shannon asked me to find the wedding cake topper from their wedding cake. We remember seeing it in a glass dome with a wooden base, but it is nowhere to be found. Dad, we are planning something for you and Mom, so don't ask me any questions. I will meet you at memory care at 5 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon, and I'll take Mom to her room to dress her in a nice outfit, brush her hair, and put some lipstick on her. My dad still wants Mom to be his beautiful wife. It's heartbreaking to see how disturbed he is by Mom's disheveled appearance. In his mind, he believes that with the right outfit, hair, and makeup, she will be the Sherry he wants to remember. Loving, vibrant, funny, full of light and laughter. That sounds great, Peggy. I can see the hope in his eyes that this will be a special anniversary, even though he can't take her on a date. I asked Jimmy to pick up some festive helium balloons and pick up the food trays I ordered. Aaron's bringing champagne and orange juice to make Mom her favorite mimosa. Everyone is excited to surprise them, especially the music man, as we know Mom will love it. Dad is already there when I arrive at the memory care, sitting in a big armchair. He looks at me, shaking his head sadly. I look to see Mom slumped down in her wheelchair with absolutely no expression on her face. She looks more feeble than ever. The caretakers know about the party, so they've dressed her in a nice top and brushed her hair. It makes no sense to try to take her down to her room and try to redress her in her favorite pink jacket I brought from home, so I just whip out a lipstick from my purse and dab it on her lips. Mom just stares right through me. We are a few weeks late with this celebration. Mom, it's your wedding anniversary. We have a surprise planned for you and Dad, I say in my most upbeat tone with a smile on my face while trying not to cry. All set, I text my sisters. We are ready, they text me back. 
see trees of green, red roses too. Here we go. Dad and I wheel Mom out of the memory care unit down the hall to the community room. We hear the music man playing his keyboard and singing It's a Wonderful World as we make our grand entrance. I observe everyone's faces go from smiling and yelling, Happy Anniversary, to the heartbreaking resolution that this is the end. None of us have seen Mom this crippled from her devastating disease of Alzheimer's. It is the absolute worst we have ever seen her. The worst the grandchildren have ever seen their beloved Mommy. Everyone walks over to the wheelchair to hug Mom and Dad and tell them happy anniversary. As they step away, I hug them and tears begin to roll. Mom doesn't acknowledge any of it. My mom, who loves celebrations, seems numb to the anniversary party. Dad is impressed with the party, especially the music. He smiles and thanks all of us individually for making this happen. Erin brings Mom a mimosa and holds it up to her lips, and she has a tiny sip. We stand around eating sandwiches and fruit, pretending to enjoy the party. The music man begins to play New York, New York, so I walk over and stand in front of my mom, grabbing her hands and dance with her, singing the song. This was our song. Whenever we would hear it, we would jump up and do leg kicks and act out the lyrics, pretending to be Broadway stars. Miraculously, at this moment, there is a small flicker of recognition in her eyes. She smiles at me and perks up. She shakes her head with the music and moves forward as if she wants to stand up. Dad, come dance with Mom, I shout to him across the room. He looks startled. Everyone looks at me like I'm crazy, and maybe I am. However, I know Mom wants to dance, and I am going to make it happen before this precious moment passes. Dad and I help Mom stand up and we hold her from each side with our arms around her waist as we begin swaying to the music. The music man begins another song, and I step away so they can dance together, and for 15 beautiful seconds, my parents are able to dance and celebrate 62 years of marriage. We all stand around them and cry. Kelly has brought her good camera and captures the special moment. We sit Mom back in the wheelchair and try to keep up the charade of having a wonderful time celebrating their anniversary as the music man plays more of their favorite songs. Mom seems to be fading again, and we wheel her over to the cake table. Shannon points out their framed wedding pictures and the wedding invitation. Mom looks more confused. We all sing, Happy Anniversary to You!, and our most pretend happy voices. Kelly cuts the cake, and we pass plates around. I stand stuffing cake into my mouth, not even tasting it. The pain in this room is unbearable, and I can barely breathe. I watch Mom eat a bite of cake that Aaron feeds her. She holds it in her mouth, not chewing or swallowing. I guess it will just melt down her throat. Aaron goes to give her another bite, and Mom shakes her head. It hits me that this will be the last party. 
the last family celebration with our mother. There will be no more Thanksgivings, no more Christmas parties, no more Easter's or birthday celebrations with Mom. How can we bear it? She was the rock of the family who taught all of us the art of celebrating as only a Southern mother can do. I could never live up to her hostess with the mostest qualities and never even tried. I walk into the little kitchen attached to the community room and begin to quietly sob. Jillian, my 12-year-old niece and the youngest granddaughter, sees me crying and comes over to hug me. We hold on to each other for several minutes. I'm touched by her compassion, and I will never forget that sweet hug. As an adult daughter, it's hard to accept my mother like this, but I can't imagine how hard it must be for all the grandchildren. I was an adult before I lost my grandparents and an aunt to cancer, but watching their wonderful grandmother waste away from Alzheimer's has to be gut-wrenching for them. Our fabulous music man plays and sings one more song as we begin packing up the food, which barely has a dent. We cut a slice of cake for the music man and bring the rest to the kitchen of the memory care unit as none of us want to look at the anniversary cake again. The caretakers are grateful to have a little part of the anniversary celebration and gush over how wonderful it is that we had this party from mom and dad. Can I help Mommy back to her room? Duncan asks me as I begin rolling the wheelchair out of the room. I can get that, Dad exclaims. Sure, that would be a great help, Duncan, I say, and I give Dad a knowing look. I step away from the wheelchair, letting Mom's youngest grandson take the lead. Dad and I follow them, and Dad steps forward to punch in the security code to open the doors. As the memory care doors slowly open, I turn around and see my sisters and husbands carrying out the leftover food and champagne. Jimmy catches up with us to bring the flowers and balloons to Mom's room. The party is over. Aunt Peggy, can you take a picture of Mommy and me? Duncan asks as he stops in the living room area and hands me his cell phone. He places his hands on each side of the wheelchair handles and bends down to kiss the top of her head. Mom bends down her head as if she was being blessed by his kiss. They stay like this for several seconds, not moving, as if gathering strength from each other. It reminds me of the Pieta, but instead of Mother Mary comforting her dying son Jesus, it is simply a grandson comforting his dying grandmother. This loving moment, captured on a simple cell phone camera, is an image that will stay with me for the rest of my life. A caretaker follows us to Mom's room and steps in to prepare her for bed. Dad, Duncan, Jimmy, and I walk out of the memory care, down the path to our cars in the parking lot. We are all lost in our grief. We hug Duncan goodbye and get in our cars. Back at the house, I place their framed wedding invitation and the black and white wedding picture on the bookshelf across from Dad's chair. The picture of them cutting their cake is beautiful. They were so young. 
Their smiles were full of hope and promise of creating a beautiful life together. And they did. A life of ups and downs. Daughters, grandchildren, friends, beautiful homes, holidays, vacations across the country, and then across the world. The house is full of photos, memories of better times. My hope is that when Dad looks at their wedding photo and wedding invitation, he will remember all the wonderful times. The first dance on the carpet between crowded tables at the Buena Vista Hotel and the dance under the moonlight in City Park. He will remember Mom when she was healthy and her spirit was bright. He will remember the love through 62 years of marriage with the woman of his dreams. Happy anniversary, Mom and Dad. We love you. I love you. Thank you for joining me for Life in the A-Zone. Look for new episodes each Wednesday. Please share, subscribe, like, comment, and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To join my mailing list, go to lifeinthea-zone.com and check out my best-selling book, Meanwhile, back at Cafe Dumont, Life Stories About Food, at Amazon and Barnes & Noble.